You are listening to Love Better, where we help you build healthier, stronger relationships, beginning with the relationship you have with yourself. I'm your host, Rena, here with my co-host, psychotherapist, Mary Jo Rapini. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Love Better. Today we're talking about online dating and the dangers that naturally accompany it. Mary Jo, thanks so much for lending your expertise today. Before we start out, I'm kind of curious about your general thoughts about online dating, just from a psychotherapist's point of view. Well, I think it's fine. I And I've seen couples who are very successful, and I've actually counseled them. I think the main thing, though, is if you're really serious about dating, get clear about what you value most and consider a more exclusive uh, dating website because overall, you're going to have a better selection of people that you're interested in if they align with what you value most. Now, we've all heard the online dating horror stories, you know, that one about that 40-year-old single mother from Washington that was decapitated and left by her neighbor's trash can, but that sort of tragedy is pretty abnormal. Um, However, there are plenty of dangerous or disturbed people out there that are not serial killers, and those are kind of the individuals that we want to talk about today. And Mary Jo, I imagine that These are the people that turn into abusers or addicts or manipulators. Right, because oftentimes what happens, and this is what I've seen happen with clients in my practice, is they get very attached to a person. They get attached to the lifestyle, having someone they can go out with, having someone think they're special, text them in the morning, you know, someone that they start feeling they have a partnership with. And then when they start displaying specific behaviors that are a little questionable, that rather than them confronting them, they begin making excuses for them. And with the horror story you mentioned in the beginning, that indeed happened. This woman was already, she was a single mom of three children. Her mother was the one who was suspicious of him, and she kept making excuses for him to her mother, like, oh, he's tired, or he's nervous about Mm. what you're going to think about him, or numerous other things. And the mother remained suspicious. And in fact, the mother was the one who found her daughter, who led authorities to it. But a lot of your friends are not going to be honest because they're just so happy with seeing you happy and excited. And plus, they want a couple's date. They've always wanted to go out with you and a partner. So don't expect them to know all the time, be honest. And I think that's another reason that this podcast is so relevant, because when you're armed with what's dangerous, perhaps, online, what to look for, you're more equipped to actually weed certain people out or know yourself enough, like, I deserve better than that. And you do. I would tell everybody that when you're online dating, always remain respectful of yourself. And that's some great advice, Mary Jo. So I know you have six red flags you usually warn people about when they begin online dating. And do you mind if we just kind of go through those one by one? 
No, and in fact, I think that's a really good sign because remember, with online dating, you're looking for patterns. So as we go through these, if he does it or she does it once or twice, that's a lot different than every time. And unfortunately, you you know, dates can mask who they really are online. They can hold it together, and they can even hold it together for months while you're dating. But when you start seeing a pattern and you go, wait a minute, this wasn't happening before. Remember somewhere that you heard this podcast and that, okay, this now is a pattern and I don't like it and I'm going to confront it. Mary Jo, before we even start on these red flags, you know, I've I've heard that everybody's on their best behavior when they're dating. So is there a certain time period you recommend somebody waiting until they've really seen the true side of these people? Or how can they get past kind of this facade that some, you know, really skilled manipulators might be putting on? And that's a really good question. Because, you know, a lot of couples only date online, and then they have a meetup already after they're attached, right? That's the danger of it. Because by then you are attached. Whereas if you're seeing the person every day, then it's a little bit different. So I would have my first meetup. I would wait for about a month of talking to them. And then after that, I would have my first meetup in a public place, of course. And we can go through all of that more at the end. Right. Um, but I would make sure that I knew that person face-to-face at least six months before I thought of anything more serious. All right, so let's go ahead and start these um, six red flags. The first one is a sense of entitlement. And obviously, no one likes someone who feels entitled to everything, but why is this on the top six list? This is on the top six because we know that most uh, emotional abusers, physical or sexual, basically have an inside sense of entitlement. And they use that against the person they're going to take advantage of because they'll rationalize, well, I deserved better. I deserved that. I had taken you out for dinner five times Mm. and I didn't get anything. And, you know, many times they'll use this for justification for things like maybe having sex too early or, you know, what they said or hitting a person. They'll have this. You see it. If this is a pattern in this person, I would not, I would eliminate them from my dating. So this is the type of person that really keeps score or keeps tally marks. Everything is tit for tat, except it can be taken to a dangerous level. And remember, I'm telling everyone they're looking for patterns. So it's not once or twice, because we all have a sense of entitlement (laughs) once in a while, but it's consistent. All right. Number two is blaming others, which makes a lot of sense. Can you kind of elaborate on that one? Yeah, when they blame others all the time, it means they have a a real problem with taking responsibility. That means this is the kind of person that is always going to have an excuse for why they didn't show up, have an excuse for why they are what they are. They're going to be more defensive. They're going to be more likely to stonewall their own privates are. They're not going to be vulnerable easily with you. They really aren't looking for a two-sided relationship negotiation. They're looking for someone who will pretty much take their 
position on all topics, and that's not going to work for you. Plus, they could turn into being emotionally abusive. So if they blame you or blame somebody else once in a while, yeah, we all do that. That's human, right? Sure. When you do it consistently, it's a problem. So are these usually more the type of people who can't say they're sorry or that play the victim all the time? Well, it can be both, but mm. mostly they disown their responsibility for the action. So it, it whatever suits them, and that's a great question, whatever situation they have to look at and then say, okay, how can I get out of this? They'll be a victim or basically, it's something that they couldn't have controlled. They're sorry. Mm. You know, I couldn't help myself. I had to have an extra drink. I was feeling pressure or whatever. Or I can't find a job because, you know, I can get unemployment. I'm too too advanced training or whatever. You're looking at a person who cannot take responsibility for their situation. All right. The third one is actually using a lot of sarcasm, which is kind of scaring me because I tend to use a lot of sarcasm. So why is this a red flag? Uh, This is a red flag because 90% of all abusers are sarcastic. Mm. And sarcasm is a way of hiding anger, resentment, hostility. And they it's a it's also a humor. People call it a humor. But people who like that kind of humor have a lot of inside feeling that they're not comfortable with expressing usually. And it comes out as hostility or anger. And you'll see it sometimes with people who are too stubborn to accept they may have been wrong or it's in a variety of things, but it is very much in a line with abusive, controlling people. So the fourth red flag is arrogance or having a superiority complex. Are there some ways people can detect that, or how dangerous is that for a relationship? Well, we call that many times in psychology narcissism, Mm. but narcissism is overused in this society right now. So it's basically, and I don't, you know, most of the time we don't really, narcissistic personality disorder is a really severe personality, psychological, mental illness disorder. And so before I would call some someone that, I would say they are arrogant. They're mm. self-serving. They see themselves above the crowd. You know those people that like they they feel like they are they rise higher um, and then they talk about it. Well, I took the higher road. Right. There's just something a little odd about that pattern <laughs> used all the time. And they're they're going to use it in a relationship. Mm. Well, I understand why you reacted to that. But, you know, I just decided I wasn't going to because that's beneath me. Like, I'm better than that. And um, when you think you're better than that in that sense— from with another person, many times you're better than that with the law, with other things happening in your family. The mm. reason you're never going to take your partner to meet your family is they're not as good as you. They're not as evolved. They're not as, you know, educated. And all those things can be relevant. I mean, a lot of people come from a family that they're not real proud of. But when you constantly are putting yourself higher than others, Mm. um, 
you've got a God complex. I mean, you are not God at the end of the day, right? That's right. <laughs> so I imagine that these are the type of people that when you slip up or you make a mistake, they will not let you forget about it or they're going to constantly explain that they're being the bigger person or that they are such a gracious person to let your mistake or your slip up kind of pass through. Exactly. They like correcting you. Yeah. They really like that. And they get, they feel better. They, you know, sometimes they feel helpful if you were really to pick it apart. But the fact that they think it's so valued that they feel helpful makes me a little uneasy. Right. And if I saw it as a pattern all the time, I can see where it's going to cause a lot of problems in a relationship. So I usually counsel people online. Since you're online dating and a simple swipe will mean you won't see them or date them anymore, it's pretty easy. (laughs) Avoid a lot of problems, potential problems, by swiping and just saying, you know, I don't need this right now. Unless you're so far into the relationship that it's something that you're seeing all of a sudden. And then I would confront it because it could be something that they, they're they not aware of, too, that they do this and they may be able to work on it. I think it's really helpful the way you've defined arrogance because I think, you know, in our selfie generation, it's really easy to think that somebody that puts up a lot of pictures of themselves or can you know, going to be defined as narcissistic when in actuality, those are probably people that might feel more insecure or are trying to find approval, um, a wide variety of other reasons rather than narcissism. Right. Well, it might not be narcissism, but if you need a lot of approval and you have that low of a self-esteem, you are not going to be able to be an equal partner in a Mm. relationship either because you're going to be needy and clingy, and usually those people are not successful long-term in online dating. Interesting. So fifth on your list is resentment. Um, Is this resentment directed at someone in particular? Well, it can be, but it's usually due to past issues, and it is a form of defense. It's a defense mechanism. You get resentful. But also what happens is with, with resentment is you have to project it somewhere. And in a relationship, guess who that's going to be? <laughs> and you may say, well, he's really or she's really upset with their mother. And they just when her name comes up. But believe me, within a relationship, there will be times you act like that person's mother. And guess what? Um. It's going to be projected at you. And you're not going to understand it. So being aware of it and talking to them about it is going to help you. This is a person that basically holds grudges. Mm. And they have a lot of hurt feelings they're not able to resolve. And in a relationship with this person, you're going to give each other a lot of reasons to hold grudges. (laughs) And so it's good to think ahead. Okay, how would we deal with this as a couple? All right, finally, the last red flag on your list is lying, which seems obvious, but everyone does lie from time to time. So can you elaborate on this one a bit more? Well, this is what I'm looking for with lying. I am looking for a consistent pattern of lying because, and even if you say, if they say, I can't believe you're breaking up because of this little white lie, 
a little white lie. If you'll lie about little things, you'll lie about big things. And it is true, everyone lies. But when they are consistently lying, that's a fantasy world. And you can't, you won't be able to establish the trust you need in the Mm. relationship. Remember, trust is number one. The main way we develop trust is we learn that that person, when they talk, when they give their word, it means that is the way it will be. And when you find out that that is not at all what happened or they lie to you, then just know this is a pattern. Because people will usually, if they like that format, if they like that pattern, they will usually continue to use it because it works for them. So Mary Jo, a lot of the flags we went over seem pretty intuitive or obvious, yet Off the air, you kind of mentioned in your private practice, you see a lot of people that ignore these signs. And can you kind of explain why that is? I think a lot of it has to do with they're so elated that they have someone. It feels so good. This person can be very charming. This person is new. They're very attentive. It feels so good to have love and to Mm. feel cherished and desired and like you've got someone who will be a companion and they say all the right things that you get you get confused when you see these things and you make excuses for them so it's very important that if I were online dating the first thing I would do is I would have them meet other people who I value Mm. I would maybe have them meet my mom my dad Um, my sister, my brother, um, other people who are going to give you friends, I would be very selective about. But I would have them introduced to other people who see them too. And I would talk about them. And I would see what other people think. If I had any inclination to question something, I would check with my trusted inner circle. So Mary Jo, uh, what is your best advice for those men and women out there that are online dating? Well, my first one is be smart and safe. You know, not everyone you meet online is going to be a serial killer. (laughs) But if you're meeting them online, then it is important that you look for possible problems that could come from the way they relate or you know, have a relationship with you. When you first meet them, of course, go to a public place. Make sure you go alone. You have your own transportation. And, you know, if you're meeting up at night for dinner, especially, make sure someone else calls you midway through the dinner and at the end, and someone checks to make sure you get home okay. In the case of most most of the problems, it's been because people have taken too many risks too soon. Mm. They've flown to another place, another city to meet someone, or God forbid, they've gone to a hotel room to spend a weekend with them. You are setting yourself up for a possible dangerous situation. You know, I think also, Rena, um, respecting yourself and trusting your gut. The gut knows And many times the gut will override the heart and even your thoughts. You will get a, you know, a tight feeling in your stomach. Mm. When you get that, evaluate it. 
and be honest with yourself. Even when that gut feeling isn't something you can really explain to other people. Exactly. And the bottom line is, if they don't respect you for any reason, if there's ever a time that they put your respect second, I would, that is the thing. It's not about love. It's not about really feeling good. It's about self-respect. Mm-hmm. But you have to self, you have to respect yourself. If you're provocative, if you do things that put your body and mind at risk, then you are putting your respect on the line, your self-respect on the line. Well, that concludes our episode for today. For more relationship tips and resources, you can visit maryjoerapini.com which can be found in the podcast description. And don't forget to tweet me, at Mary Jo Rapini. I love getting comments on Twitter, and also you can direct message me there, and then we can talk offline, maybe um, on email or even with a phone call if that's necessary, okay? Okay.